Welcome along to, I know it's Midsummer, it's Midsummer's Day, it's June the 21st, it's the longest day. Day of the year. We should not be thinking about wet November afternoons, should we really, but <laughs> it's a lovely afternoon out there. This is the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talking United Yellow Army podcast with Guy and David. Welcome, good to have your company. No cake this week. No, we've in, we've we've, we we, we've eaten it basically. We've eaten it. The, yeah. the, um, the 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 fifth anniversary of, cake. Yeah, the unruly hordes of the advertising department descended on that cake, didn't well, they? Well, they took one look at it and <laughs> and said yes. It was carnage, but uh, yeah. very good. Fantastic. So there is much to discuss from Plainmore this week. There, there is, have been as movements a of fact. out yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, main after story, weeks and weeks in which. You quite rightly, Guy, were saying that we're all drumming our fingers on the table waiting yeah. for something to happen. Now, stuff is finally happening. Stuff is happening. Shall we deal with a departing player first? Yeah. Uh, Sean McGinty has gone. He's yeah. gone to the best place he could possibly go, really. He's gone to the best club north of the border. He's gone to Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle. <laughs> you say I, that with a bit of emphasis. Well, <laughs> a very good mate of mine is a huge Partick Thistle fan. And it's not the same chap that we're about to talk about in a moment. Oh, either. isn't but, it? No, no, it isn't. No, but. No. Um, yeah, interesting move for him, good move for him. Well, uh, of course, Scottish clubs, that both the SPL and the Championship, where Partick were, were relegated to last season, um, have been dipping into the National League yeah. stroke conference quite regularly over the last few years, with some success as well. The United fans will know that Ryan Bowman and Alex Fisher both headed north of the border. Didn't Ryan Bowman play um, in the Scottish Cup final this uh, year? Motherwell, and he still, yeah. you know gets in there pretty regularly um, uh, and not uh, you know several other players a couple from Forest Green went up there so they clearly have um, yeah you know scouts down here and I'm if I'm not a hundred percent wrong I'm pretty sure Gary Hours the United head coach uh, scouted for several Scottish right. clubs and yes, I think part of this may have been one of them I don't think he's necessarily been that involved in securing Sean McGinty a move because he was doing his absolute best with a two-year contract yeah. offer to keep him. But um, All sorts of links with Thistle as well, by the way. Of course, Conrad Balatoni, who we yep. had last season, played yes. for Thistle. And Bailey Cargill yes. was up there. Not sure if he's still there. He was certainly there in the playoff matches at I, the end of last season. I think he's back. But um, no, a, a young player who, the moment we... We liked the cut of his jib, didn't we? The moment really we did. saw him yeah. when he was on loan, of course, during uh, played very gutsily as an 18-year-old on loan from Bournemouth when uh, United were trying to stay in the league and yeah. very nearly did, did it under Chris Hargreaves in 2015, I think it was. Now, you've spoken to Sean since, yeah. since the move. Yes. How's he um, feeling about it? Uh, oh, hugely looking forward to yeah. uh, uh, you know a different life up there. I pointed him in the direction of one or two um, uh, 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 social social uh, I, I uh, sites might. up yeah. there, um, yeah. which uh, have visited over the years. Um, uh, although they're in the Championship, Partick, this as opposed to the SPL, um, uh, and obviously a lot of English fans keep their eye on the Scottish scene, and they know that the gates aren't huge at some clubs, but the clubs mm. up there, especially the ones with a bit of history, still tend to be run. You know, very professionally, uh, and Sean was telling me that that when he turned up for his first day's training, breakfast was laid on, buffet lunch was laid on, uh, as many massages massages as you could handle, yeah. in the, you know, etc., etc., etc. So it, it's that he they said s- they start early as well, don't they? Well, and they're a month yeah. early, earlier than yeah. us, of course. So he so no sooner had he put pen to paper than he had to get his boots out and get ready for a train for his first training session, and and. 
you know, he said you could feel the the step up in yeah. infrastructure, expectations, treatment of players, it's all, you know, all of that stuff. So for him, uh, but he he said to me, well, uh, he's he was confident that that this is just what he needs. Yeah. Not that it's lovely to have breakfast laid on and lovely to have this and lovely to have that. He said, but but. I know what it's like where I've come from, yeah. and, and and he spoke with great affection about his time at Torquay, and and there is a genuine degree of sadness that that in two years here he didn't manage to achieve, and the club didn't manage yeah. to achieve what they'd wanted to. But um, you know, he said, I won't take for granted the facilities which he's now enjoying. Yeah, um, you know, because uh, you know he played for Aldershot. He played for United. He knows what it's like to go and stamp down a few rabbit holes yeah. out at Seal Hayne on a cold January morning, you know, where your breakfast hasn't been laid on for you. And, um, uh, you know, so so he's looking to make the most of all of that. And, and anybody who saw him play for United over the last couple of years, OK, he'd be the first to say he was, you know, hardly a Roy McFarland, but... Uh, good a, player, a, a very good yeah. solid player tremendously committed good captain uh, absolutely yeah. and in some ways um, uh, I think we all often thought didn't we that if he could have played alongside a Guy Branston or a Steve mm. Woods or somebody yeah. like that who uh, um, you know could take the pressure off him and, and influence him as those sort of players used to do to the Craig Taylor for instance that's another one springs to mind you know those sort of players they were they helped to improve yeah. the pleasure. I think Sean always felt that quite a lot was resting on his own shoulders, yeah. and that led him to try almost too hard sometimes. He, he uh, we've all seen him come down the left-hand side, coming away with the ball, looking yeah. up for a pass and not quite seeing one, and and then going, well, I better stick it into the channel. And I remember one game towards the end of the season, he had a right go at one of the United forwards who shall remain nameless. Because yeah. he put it, he stuck this ball into the channel, perfectly, you know, normal ball in the circumstances. The forward hadn't got on the end of it or made a run, and it made it look bad. Yeah. And and he was he was you know we've all seen him, and I think a couple of supporters shout, oh you know what sort of ball is that, McGinty? Well, it would have been all right if the yeah. forward had, had had got on his bike. But anyway, and he does um, wear his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? He's, yeah. He's, you know, he's he's one of those very upfront players. Yes, and 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 of course he came to United when he was. What, 22 something like that mm. um you know so he was still a young developing player and he still is and uh, but he's made of the right stuff and i think we all hope yeah. you know that, that he, he goes well on and does really yeah. really well up there the other player i'd forgotten i knew there was another talkie player that ended up at thistle eddie aziz oh yes was up at thistle i don't think it was last season i think it was the season before no who, who but he, was, uh, he went to. He ended up at newport didn't he i think yeah. um yeah. on loan from charlton he was with us and he? yeah he he was he had a bit of something he about did. him, didn't he? he did. Yeah, so, there you go. But on the on the other side of the coin, um, two interesting arrivals this week. Mainly a midfielder, Asa Hall. Yeah, who we've all um, seen quite a bit of and, and like the look of. Yes, he's. I, I think you know Gary Hours is is looking for you know a few horses for courses here. Yeah. Um, and now you know Asa Hall. I don't suppose has ever played in the National League South, but he is the type of strong physically tall experienced knows what he's doing midfield player yeah who united i i think until hours had signed him yeah that slot in the middle of midfield 
whether he plays as a slightly holding midfield player or further forward, and you are talking about somebody who scored 45 goals in his career, so yeah. you want to get the best out of that, don't you? He can shoot. Um, that that was such a, a big hole that was missing yeah. in there, and, and uh, all right, I'm sure ours may well go out and get another one as well, but um, uh, now you've got, he's a potential captain, mm-hmm. um, uh, 380-odd games under his belt, uh, all levels, you know, good clubs, clubs where, ambitious clubs where you're expected to do things, so he's been all through that, yeah. had a year at Barrow, uh, last season and played a pretty significant part in keeping them up scored a couple of hugely important goals which did United no favours at all uh, in the closing <laughs> yeah. weeks of the season um, so uh, and we you were, know, he we, ticks an awful lot of boxes we were talking last week weren't we about the midfielder that we need for that out ball the midfielder who comes short and picks up the ball and then does something with it and he's that kind of player isn't yeah. he and not only that, but he, he's got an engine on him. He can get yeah. up and down the pitch, um, uh, can win headers, you know. And, and I'm not saying he's another Chris Hargreaves. He's a different type of player to Chris Hargreaves. But you do need, and words like talisman spring yeah. to mind, you need that talismanic figure in the middle of midfield that every single week, well, Asa Hall's there. Chris Hargreaves is there, yeah. you know, and, and uh, who is a, a leader of the team. Yeah, he's a get stuck in kind of a player. That's as well, right. Isn't he? That you can yeah. rely on. He will, you know, forty odd games. Get him in. Um, probably pick the odd booking up. No problem with that at all. Yeah, we, we, um, we may not win the niceness award next season <laughs> with him in the. What midfield. a disaster that will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a, an important slot filled. Yeah. And I'm sure he won't be the only one. I, you know, United probably still need at least another one in there, mm. but. Um, it was a pretty reassuring. Uh, um, he actually technically signed for the club s- several days ago, yeah. uh, but they weren't releasing it because um, he hadn't had his medical. Well, that's now gone ahead now, and he's okay. he's moving his his partner and their little baby girl down six months old. Um, so you know he's investing good, yeah. a fair old bit in this. If and, they move down today, it'll be that Robin Stubbs moment. Won't they? <laughs> they, they won't want to leave again. No palm trees waving in the breeze. This will <laughs> do. That'll do. Yeah. Do nicely, and another interesting signing as well—a forward player, Jason Banton. Yeah, has joined now, us as well. I think obviously United fans have heard of this lad um, mainly through his his two spells, one on loan and one permanently at Plymouth Argyle. And of course, um, he drifted round quite a few Premier yeah. League clubs when he was a youth player. Ended up at Crystal Palace. Um, reputation, quick, yeah. direct. Goal scoring winger. Goal in him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And and he came to Plymouth, did he produced exactly that at Argyle for a short period of time. Now, you know, you have to say that at the moment his career has kind of not progressed mm. as as everybody would have hoped or thought. He's still um, quite a young lad though, isn't he? Twenty five, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Um so the, there's there's still there's not many miles on the clock really, although he's played quite a lot of football, yeah. quite a lot of games, but he's still his best years should be ahead of him. And I'm sure he's thinking, well, if I go and rip it up at Torquay, yeah. there's potentially a move back up for, for him there. He, he signed a two-year contract at Woking at the start of last season, yeah. uh, as far as I, I understand. And um, they obviously were relegated with United to the National League South. Now, whether that triggered a, a release or not, I don't know. But the fact yeah. is that, that that contract has been terminated by mutual consent, and he's a free agent, and he's now joined Torquay. Now... Um, Jason Banton is, is, is one of several players that you think of in the United team. Um, Jamie Reid springs to mind, uh, Rory Keating, 
George Esuman, who's moved yeah. in, Bobson Balling. These are lads who are dropping down into the National League South um, uh, on full-time wages. Yeah. And I'll bet, in fact, there's something very wrong if they're not all thinking, I am going to rip this league to pieces. Yeah. And yeah. if they're not thinking that, then they need to go away and have a, have a serious <laughs> think of themselves. Do you know what do you want to yeah, understand? Yeah, I, I do. These are players with the potential... Um, uh, to to turn round and be going back the other way, yeah. either with United or or without them, um, I'm sure Asa Hall only has one thought in his mind to be the captain who lifts the National League South yeah. trophy at the end of next season. Um, but um, you know that's the territory we're in, mm-hmm. and and um, you know it, the the squad is starting yeah. to to look a bit fuller and stronger now. Good stuff. I noticed, uh, as you pointed out, actually, before we switch the microphones on tonight, that um, John Paul Pittman and Josh Gowling are still very much part of the squad. Well, uh, each missive that comes out from uh, um, the football club at the moment it, with each signing uh, makes a point of, of saying, you know, he, i.e. Asa Hall or yeah. uh, George Essuman or Jason Banton, joins a squad which includes the following, and then the names come out, and yeah. John Paul Pittman and Josh Gowling. And, of course, it's quite correct to say that. They are under contract for next season. They are on the transfer list. They've been placed yeah. on the transfer list. Um, now, whether that's... Uh, I, th- I, th- I think all parties would describe that as a mutual decision but uh, <laughs> yeah. to place them on the list. But anyway, they are. Um, but as things stand, they're still talking United players. Um, and uh, and uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, th- there's there's every possibility that both of them will be with United next season. Now, uh, what we've just been talking about, some of the younger players, both of those should, I'm sure, will be thinking, look, if Josh Gowling can look as steady yeah. Eddie as he did last season in in you know, especially with with the sort of knee issues that he had during the course of the season, yeah. Um, you know, if Josh Gowling wasn't one of the best centre backs in the National League South, there's got to be something wrong, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. And and um, John Paul Pittman scored a goal every other game for Harrogate Town in the National League North the year before yeah. last. So, um, you know, you, you'd have to think, well, you know, uh, uh, along the same lines for those yeah. two. A couple of question marks and a couple of big question marks. Is there any word from Elliot Romain? Uh, not that over the no. last week or two. Um, it, it's obviously Peter Taylor um, has gone to Dagenham yeah. where Elliot Romain has another year on his contract. Now, whether that would persuade Elliot Romain to hang around Dagenham for another year, see how Maybe. it went, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. That's gone a little bit quiet. I know they're still um, he's still on the radar. Yeah. United are pursuing at least one more uh, out-and-out uh, striker yeah. um, uh, and uh, over and above Romain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other position, of course, is is well. There's two more obvious positions. Right back is one. United yeah. don't have a proper right back after. Um, obviously, especially Michel Fete played most of the time there last yeah. season. Has gone back to Norwich, and sadly Ryan Higgins has been forced to retire. What a shame. That Shame still is. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's a clear spot at right back that yeah. needs filling, and standing out like a sore thumb is it's, the goalkeeping it's situation. The, isn't the it? elephant in the room, isn't it? The goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, still no word on what is happening to Vincent Durrell or where he's going, no. but there seems to be. The longer the time goes on, it's less likely, isn't yes, it? Yes, the vibes are that he's yeah. probably not coming back. No. Um, whereas it's, I think they are still optimistic that Liam Davis, the left back, who yeah. he's another player, you know, the, on his day he was 
not far off oh, being yeah. as good as any attacking left back in the division when yeah. you know last season. So you'd thought that he would be he would be more than able to hold his own. Of course, he's he's also got a, a contract yeah. on the table for him to say yay or nay. Goalkeepers are big big position, big gloves to fill, aren't they? The goal you have to have a we you need two decent keepers, and, and at the moment we don't have a keeper signed on at all. No, okay, no, not at all. Um, uh, the the. I'm in the camp where I, I, if you can get hold of a hoary, hairy, old, experienced goalkeeper who may not look like yeah. um, Joe Hart, but gets the job done every single week, I'll take that. Okay. Um, I, I think back to the days when we had Kevin Dearden and, yeah. and um, yeah. Arjun Van Heusden as our two goalkeepers under oh. under Leroy Rossini. Are there Kev- hoary, hairy goalkeepers around? Well, I, exactly. Yeah. I don't yeah. think there are. Not, not quite like those days. And, and when Kevin Dearden used to... Well, he he did used to run out onto the pitch. He used to kind of like shuffle out onto yeah. the pitch. He had he had legs like Malcolm McDonald's, didn't he? He could drive a bus <laughs> through his through, through his knees. He was thirty what six years old. Yeah, um, probably the least apart from him and Neville Southall, the least athletic goalkeeper that we'd had for many many years. But you ask every member of the United dressing room who they wanted in goal, and they say Kevin Dearden, and almost to a man. Because and that it, was no that was no uh, um, criticism of Arjun van Heusden, who was pretty good on his day, yeah. and we'd have him tomorrow if he was available, or th- at that age. But Kevin Dearden just had this, you know, he'd had all this experience, yeah. uh, uh, hundreds of games under his belt. When he told you to do something, you did it. You didn't answer back. And it was all um, about positioning and oh, reading the game. Absolutely. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Every now and again, he'd get beaten from thirty yards yeah. by something that would fly in the top corner, and everybody would go, "Oh, shouldn't you save that?" Um, well, maybe. But the number of problems he used to solve before they even became problems was, yeah. you know, didn't bear thinking about. His distribution was awesome. Yeah. He could throw or drop kick it to almost any five-yard patch on the on the pitch you wanted to. Um, and he used to sort his defence out, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. non-stop. Now those are the sort of goalkeepers. It, it's the old prevention rather than cure. That, that yeah. that's the key to good goalkeeping. You know, the, the ones who spend the whole afternoon suddenly being caught out and then throwing themselves off the, you know, across the goal and tipping it over, and yeah. everybody says, "Oh, what great save!" Yeah, but uh, if he'd shouted the right instruction at the right time to the right person, it might not have come to no. that. And um, you know that that's. So are we looking at a goalkeeper that's maybe dropping out of the league, a goalkeeper that's that's surplus to requirements at a national league club? It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the youth goalkeepers aren't coming through in a way that they did years Don't ago. Don't appear to be. Um, um, uh, United were hugely fortunate, weren't they, when, when uh, um, uh, Bobby Olesnik almost sort of dropped into their lap. Yeah. He was a bit of a younger one. He wasn't that young. But um, when he, he came down from Scotland, you know, and what a goalie he proved mm-hmm. to be. Um, I, uh, do you know, I, I, on the goalkeeping front, I, I've not heard any whispers about particular keepers they're no. looking at. Ryan Clark's obviously left and gone to Bath City. Um, uh, uh, and Dorrell at the moment looks as if he's trying pretty hard to, to, to go somewhere else, which is absolutely fine. You know, is Neil Osborne still on the scene? Neil Osborne is, is still yeah. down, yes. He, yeah. he's, um, he's quite a good cricketer, as it happens. And so he, he's... Um, Spending the summer down here as yeah. a local lad. No, I'm sure he's a candidate for the number two slot. Yeah, uh, and he'll be a, another year older and wiser mm. um, in, in next season. So um, it's just a question of of, um, of of it's such an important position, yeah. isn't it? And and uh, you look at the World Cup, which we're going to come on to in a minute. You know, you don't win the World Cup 
without a top man in goal. Yeah. You yeah. don't do it. It doesn't happen. And it's the same in any promo domestic promotion issue. You don't go up with a dodgy goalkeeper. No, no, you don't. And we know that to our cost, don't we? We know yeah. what, what happens. Another little bit of uh, plain more news. Our favourite cup competition, seeing as we're not in the checker trade, <laughs> the uh, the Devon Bowl oh, the, draw the, has been made. Or the St Luke's it? Challenge Cup, as they call it now. You and I like to call it the Devon Bowl because that's what it is, yeah. really. Isn't it's like it? calling yeah. it the League Cup, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we've got Plymouth Parkway away. Away. Yeah, yeah. No date yet. It has to be played before the end of September, the first round. Yes, yeah, so there's plenty uh, of time to slot that one in. Uh, and there's plenty of time to panic about what sort of result you're going to get in that because, of course, United's. We haven't been beyond the first round of that for no, no. three years I think, now. I think Witheridge sorted us out, didn't I they, one, they did. one year? Yeah. It's, uh, of course, it is a problem for United now because uh, the way the club is structured, um, uh, you know, United haven't got a proper reserve team. We've dealt with yeah. that recently. Yeah. If they did, it would be very young. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the days when you and I used to go and watch sort of Devon Bowl ties against. Um, Exeter and Plymouth yeah. and and stuff like that and 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 used to get a decent. Well, there was there were some big games. I remember one of the first times I went to Plainmore, and somebody listening to this podcast will probably remember this match much better than I do. But I'm convinced that Exeter were playing Plymouth at Plainmore. I so it was probably the final neutral, neutral ground. ground. Yeah, yeah, a final. I, could, that, I was that standing the on the wall at the back of the old um, pop side, somewhere really? down by the gate there. Right. I, I, I remember it vividly, and there was a huge crowd in. Mm. But if obviously if, mainly Argyle and Exeter yeah. fans, but but uh, if Argyle and Exeter met in the final of the um, the, the St Luke's now, yeah. you wouldn't get much of a crowd there, would you? It's lost something along the well, way, I, isn't it? In the last few weeks, of course, we're, we're prepare, preparing a bigger pardon here for a move from the uh, yeah. from our offices in in Heal to back to the uh, Torquay Harbour side. That's uh, hopefully going to be happening uh, fairly soon. And we've yeah. been doing an awful lot of clearing out and <laughs> salvaging of photographs. And I was amazed at the number of old photographs, black and white, obviously, yeah. that we stumbled on of pictures of people standing slightly, uh, not exactly holding cups aloft from balconies, but clearly having just yeah. won the Devon Bowl in 1970-something, yeah. beating Exeter 4-something or whatever it was. Um, uh, the late Cliff Jackson, who passed on recently, we unearthed a picture of him. He obviously was given the job of captaining the side yeah. in the Devon Bowl. And, it, and it, w it was deemed a competition that was more than just something you yeah. had to play in to qualify for next season's FA Cup, but it was something, it was a, there was a bit of pride at stake. Do you have um, to do that, by the way? Is that, that's is that still, the, that's yeah. still part of the equation. I didn't equation. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still, but you have to take part in your county competition. Um, and in, uh, some, in some counties, it's taken very seriously, oh, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. telling me. Yeah. Um, uh, not, the, the, this, whenever Chesterfield play Mansfield in the Notts County Cup, yeah, uh, they get rid of Notts, Notts, <laughs> Notts County and Notts Forest, and then they have a right set yeah. two with those two. So police leave cancelled. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, um, uh, although I think Chesterfield actually is in Derbyshire, but but they they, they those sort of competitions, yeah. Mansfield, Notts County, um, they always get a crowd yeah. in for that. So. Um, and unfortunately, United's history, like the rest of their cup history in recent seasons, has been pretty yeah. awful in that. So it'll be interesting, apart from that, to see what sort of side they put out in that competition, whether it's yeah. going to be based on those youngsters, under-18 players at Torquay Academy, who inevitably will be forming the bulk of the United 
in yeah. quotes under six under under eighteen sixteen to eighteen group. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what sort of type side they put out because apart from anything else, Plymouth Parkway are pretty useful. Decent and side, uh, if we don't yeah. get a decent side yeah. out down there, it'll be uh, it'll be a tough one to win. I'd, if if next season delivers nothing else, I want to get into the not go out at the first hurdle. I nearly said into the first round, but we've got qualifying rounds to do. Not go out at the first hurdle in a cup competition. Don't really mind which one it is. No. But just to progress, in, to go into the hat in any cup competition <laughs> will do me next Into season. Draw. Yeah. I love cup football yeah. well, and, and we just don't get any. We all do, don't we? We all do. And, yeah. and um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget an afternoon after we'd lost to um, Crawley Town, yeah. Steve Evans et al. in the fourth round of the cup. And it was such a bad, bad day, wasn't it? It, it was... It yeah. was um, United, uh, you know, placed in the fifth round of the FA Cup Went out on my bike the next day, cycling back the town down the Teen Valley. Put my head in the Teen House, ordered a pint, and the whole place who know where I come from <laughs> and what I do went quiet. And I looked around, and, and they and they were all looking at me. Yeah. And I went, "What's the matter?" And then somebody said, "Do you want to know who they've got?" And I and I yeah. said, my heart sank. <laughs> of course, Crawley had drawn Man United yeah. in the next round, and um, uh, we but we don't even get that excitement, do no. we? Uh, um, but anyway. Um, there we go. Uh, everything must change. Everything must change indeed. Now the World Cup is in full swing. Uh, we'll talk We're enjoying a, it. We are. We'll talk a little bit, a bit about England in a minute. But we asked for favourite World Cups. Yep. Julian went for Argentina, nineteen seventy-eight. Yes, I think he also liked another one. Yeah, uh, yeah. as well. Um, uh, inevitably, because we're such old farts, you and I, that, that, that there's we're bound to sort of swing back, are we not? To well, two of the two of, two of the best for their own reasons, sixty six and nineteen seventy. Seventy is the first one I can really remember because I, yeah. I was around in sixty six, but it didn't register at all. My dad was out sailing in the middle of Torbay in a dinghy with his mate um, on the night of the World Cup final. Well, I could if never 66 understand or, that sixty six yeah, World Cup yeah. final. Well, um, the whole the of the rest of the nation yeah. is, is watching TV. Yeah. It, it was an afternoon match. My, I, I was I was taking my A levels at the time. Yeah. While England were on their way to the final. Final, which completely mucked up my air levels. I couldn't concentrate, especially the the, the, the night of the semi final against Portugal. Yeah. When United won two nil. Um, uh, England won two nil. And um, uh, uh, yes, the the expected grades did not materialise. <laughs> put it like that. So uh, um, uh, uh, certain career paths were were, were not uh, open to me anymore. Um, but never mind. Um, and my aunt, who, who used to work for Pan American at Heathrow Airport later revealed to me that there were two tickets for the final on the desk of, of her office. Yeah. And, oh, if you'd only rung me, you could... Oh, and it was one of those sort of Would things... Would you have that, liked them? Would you have liked them? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you, could have stayed at, you could have stayed with me if you'd come up. I couldn't... You know, I don't think I spoke to her for, no. for, for several months afterwards. Like it's, but, it's still, um, still cuts deep, doesn't it? Yeah, all it, all it, it's things later. like that yeah. leave their mark, don't they? But, but that was... That was I, I must say, I, the, the 66 World Cup, when you look back on it now, England won it uh, and, you know, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but the team that England took to Brazil, to um, uh, um, uh, Mexico for the seven, 1970 yeah. World Cup yeah. was actually a better football team than the one that had actually won the competition. Um, and obviously, history relates now that we threw away a two-goal lead yeah. against Germany yeah. in the quarterfinal. And uh, it was a wonderful team. Um, uh, very more flair than the 66 yeah. side um, but 
you know that did produce probably you know the greatest national team we've ever seen with with the, the, the wonderful Brazilian the wonderful team Brazilian. Um, who, who of course beat United beat United what's the matter with me beat, beat England uh, 1-0 yeah. uh, earlier in the tournament and what that a fantastic the, match that was that was the Golden um, Bank that save, the Golden in that Bank match, save. And yeah, I think Golden everybody even though England lost that match 1-0 I think um, uh, uh, quite a few it was the Brazilian manager afterwards turned around and said, well, we may have beaten England 1-0, but don't you worry, we'll be playing them again later in the competition. Yeah. It was just such a, a, a shame that um, we couldn't uh, hang on to that. Um, I wonder that if, if, Germany. if everybody's love of that 1970 World Cup competition, though, it is, is because it was the first one that was, re that was televised, that was beamed in from thousands of miles away, wasn't it? Because Chile in 62, no. the coverage... No. Uh, I've I've read sporadic. it was sporadic. Yeah. Sixty six. Okay, fine. Okay, but yeah. it was here on yeah. our doorstep. Yeah. But with the first time an, an exotic far flung World Cup came back live yeah. by satellite. Yeah, and in colour. And in uh, colour. Yeah. yeah. Um no that it was it, it, it did lend a certain sort of extra excitement to it, wasn't it? And Brazil were you know, had a wonderful, wonderful team, but so did you know. I mean, yeah. Germany were were damn good. Italy, who Italy of course they great. beat in the yeah. final, they had a wonderful team. It was a, a, a you know sort of breathtaking competition. It was it was just fantastic, and the way that Brazil won it in the end yeah. was just sort of put the icing on the cake, didn't it? So the current World Cup, what did we think of England's performance the other night? By the time you listen to this, if you're a bit late doing your ironing this week, England might have played again. They might have played Panama, but I was quite impressed with England. In the in the narrow victory over Tunisia, but I thought they played pretty well. Yeah, I, I you know I think the fact that you know, that England won it um, it's the heat. was yeah it, it, it is it is warm in here. Uh, the fact that England won was absolutely huge. Yeah, because if we'd have ended up drawing one all. And I, I, one thing got me on the, the coverage of it all. I am convinced that the message Shearer and all the others were ready to rip into England yeah, yeah. if Kane hadn't scored that 90th minute winner, uh, the, the, the stoppage time winner. You think they had it all prepared? I and absolutely ready to go. do. Yeah, and yeah. straight away they put those grins on their faces and say, isn't everything fantastic? Well, you know. To win your opening game, and let's face it, England have many, many times not managed to win their opening game, and then it just cranks up the pressure. Um, they did play some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, they should have been two or three up, let's face it, in the first half an hour, something like that. Lingard will never miss no. so many good chances no. in one game again, will Exactly. He? And although we did end up winning it, I, 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 we're, we're all encouraged. We think, OK, Southgate's doing a decent job. Uh, there's some good young players in that team, but I thought there were one or two things that could be doing with changing, stroke improving yeah. for this match against Panama. We've got the win under our belts, so it's not as if, oh my goodness, if we don't beat Panama, we're out. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't think the left-hand side of the defence or the left-hand side at all looks right. Yeah. I don't like Maguire, who I would definitely have in the team at centre-centre-back looked happy on his left foot going down the left-hand side. He's an adventurous defender, and he was doing his best to get forward, wasn't yeah. he? And both him and Young are right-footed players playing on the left. Is it, is it beyond the wit of man yeah. to get a proper left-footed player in the national team down the left-hand side? If you're with Torquay United and you have to play Chris Sobrowski or Jamie Reid down the left-hand side every now and again, well, OK, because it's Torquay United and managers have to make those sort of decisions just to get round a problem. Yeah. We're talking about the national team here. You've got Danny Rose, who's a specialist 
quality yeah. left back. Why and are we playing Ashley Young down the left side? Who has side, to cut who inside has to the cut whole in. time? That so just narrows the pitch. Every it? opposing yeah. coach is shouting at his right at his players out on the side of the pitch to show them the line. Yeah. And of course, they have to come back in. And several times when England were chasing the game in the closing stages against Tunisia, you could see Maguire gamely trying to make ground down the left hand side. And then you looked at his body position, his body shape, all cramped up. Yeah. Because the only option to him is either to give it to Young who's going to check in on his right foot also, or check in on his right foot himself, which is exactly where, of course, the opposition yeah. want him to go. And and so I think, I, you know, here we are, we're, we're all doing the same thing that everybody in the pub is doing, and, and that's Chris to the mill, yeah. isn't it? But I'd definitely get Rose in on the left-hand side. What about I'd, Sterling and Rashford? I'd take Sterling out, not yeah. because, not because I, I don't think he played particularly badly the other night, but Rashford must we, play. We love Rashford, well, don't we? And, and it's, with it's perfectly good, good reason. Player. Absolutely yeah. right. And as soon as he came on, the game moved up a gear, didn't it? Yeah. Because the, the defence didn't quite know how to handle him. No. I just so think they were it's, We're not saying here. I, I, I'd also, I, I, by the way, I'd move Maguire into the middle at the back. I do think that, that, that uh, Southgate has got to make his mind up at some stage between Trippier and, and Kyle Walker. Yeah. Kyle Walker is an attacking right back for Spurs. Why is he suddenly being played as a right-sided centre-back. Yeah. You know, I, I'd, I'd move Stones to that side. Apart from anything else, he's right-footed. His distribution's not bad. He's a bit of a footballer. Maguire, solid, steady Eddie in the middle. And I'd bring Cahill in on the left-hand yeah. side, not because he's a natural left-footer, but he's had more experience playing on that side. And Walker does look a little bit ill at ease Trippier had a good he? game. I'm not saying he didn't. Well. So, so, if, yeah. so if you wanted to say, well, I'm sorry, but Trippier gets that slot, well, OK, fine, you know, do that. And I would also... I would think about playing Vardy up front with, with Kane in this match against Panama um, and Rashford as well. The, the only time when Vardy, who let's face it, is extra quick, effective, up yeah. for it, and more than a one-trick pony, is at his most effective is not in the last 15 minutes of a match when the opposition is sitting in on the edge of their own penalty area and there's no room for him to run into. It's, it's when he starts a match, when there is more space... And the opposition, let's face it, Panama have got to come and yeah. try and do something on, on Sunday. You know, they can't sit back right from the word go. And you look at the number of teams in this World Cup so far, Brazil, Argentina, France, uh, Belgium, have, have all had trouble breaking down these yeah. mass defences where oh, you've got ten players in between and no space in between. The most frustrating game for me of the whole World Cup so far has been Germany, Mexico. No, sorry, I mean, I, I Germany, that obviously, one as well. Mexico obviously break brilliantly. Yeah, but two lines of four, yes. so close together Quite. and so deep. Even the best players in the world, the Messi's and the you know the Ronaldo's, struggle to break. Yeah, there is simply not enough room. Once a team has said. We're drawing here and we're going to hold on to yeah. it, or, or whatever it is. So for, for someone like Vardy, you get another face out on the pitch, more people involved in the competition. We've won the first game. If we go out and do Panama, two yeah. or three nil, yeah. as we all hope United will on Sunday. You've got, and, and, England. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, we, must, we should have started this the other way around, with England first and United second, shouldn't we? But if you do that, yeah. you've involved more players... You know, you've probably yeah. learned a bit more about your squad. Um, uh, you've you've still got the job done, and hopefully built up a bit more confidence. Yeah. Um, and then you go into the Belgium game. You know, well, happy you days, bit, and the pressure's yeah, off a little bit. Bit more and knowledge of what they can that's do. That's right. What you yeah. don't want is having to go into the Chel uh, into the Cheltenham into the Belgium <laughs> game. Yeah. 
under massive pressure where you have absolutely got to play your best team to have you know yeah. best in quotes um, no I, 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 I think it, it's okay it's fine it's, it's going okay but I just think this is a great chance just to involve two or three more players yeah uh, it doesn't mean that Lingard isn't a valuable member. It doesn't mean that Sterling isn't a potential match winner. Of course, it doesn't. You know, they're, they're, these are talented players that's what who can help. That's what it's all about, though, and that's it? what it's about. Yeah. And quite often in the past, England World Cup bids have that some of the best ones and the most promising ones have come where, for one reason or another, the manager has ended up having to make changes. I remember was it eighty two when Brian Robson got injured in the, in in. Early in in a game, eighty two or eighty six, yeah, could have been eighty six. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, you know he was the talismanic midfield player, yeah. England's best player, built around Brian Robson. and he dropped out, his shoulder fell off or whatever yeah. it was, and Peter Reid went into midfield, and everyone, oh goodness sake, he was terrific. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, yeah. Somebody else got injured, and David Platt went in up front. Yeah, and sometimes circumstances, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man, and and uh, you know, I, I just think you have to give. Sometimes it's very easy for yeah. us to sit here in the office in Torquay and saying what you should and shouldn't be doing. And I think we all like the way Southgate has been approaching yeah. it, and yeah. and he's obviously they've not put a foot um, wrong yet. No, no, no. He's he's yeah. not hidebound. He, no. he, I, th I think he's all these thoughts that we're having. I'm sure he's he's having as well. Yeah. And good luck to him. That uh, um, you know it would be just nice to go into that game against Belgium. You know, without the kind of desperate, we have to, we yeah. have to win to go through um, uh, scenario. But uh, no, no, it's it's been quite good. Yeah, indeed, entertaining, entertaining on the whole. Well, thank you very much for your time. The big news from us to close the podcast is that you've got a week off next week, listeners, because David and I are both out of the office a lot next week. We're not going to be able to get together for a podcast, so we are going to have to shelve the podcast for one week only. One week only. So um, you have a week off. Go out and cut your lawn or do something <laughs> healthy out in the sunshine while we're buzzing from office to office. Um, but we will be back in two weeks' time. Definitely. Bound to be a lot more news from Playmore. Then, in fact, the a few players, more VAR decisions. Yeah, the eh? players will have gone back into training. Yeah. Uh, by then, they by the will. time we podcast yeah. again, to July the second, they're back uh, pre-season. I think the first pre-season friendly, pre friendly is July the. 5th, uh, 10th, 10th, I think, I think something like that. Yeah. yeah, so it's not um, far away. No, 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 we, we, we'll, and there's bound to have been some more VAR, so we can get really stuck into <laughs> that ne ne next time. I know we both have quite strong views on how that's being used, or What's how it's not being used no, in some cases, in, the, in when Harry Kane is wrestled to the ground. But, oh, that's uh, ridiculous. There you go. That's it. So thank you very much for your time, and we will see you in two weeks' time. Come on, you yellows. <laughs>